There were countless battles during the Civil War, but there isn't a clear answer to which one was the most important above the others. I have organized three different battles that I believe compete for the number one spot as the most important. Starting off with the Battle of Appomattox Courthouse, taking place on April 9th, 1865 in Appomattox County, Virginia. This battle started when Confederate General Robert E. Lee was forced to abandon Richmond and Petersburg, retreating south along the Richmond and Danville Railroad. He was greatly outnumbered and low on supplies, but still led night marches, hoping to reach supply trains in Farmville. However, the Union troops captured the supplies. The Confederates then discovered that their army was blocked by Federals, and General Lee was forced to surrender his Army of Northern Virginia. It was a Union victory, and this surrender set the stage for the rest of the South to do the same. Next up, we move on to the Battle of Fort Sumter. On April 12th to 13th, 1861, in Charleston, South Carolina, President Abraham Lincoln notified the governor of South Carolina that he was sending supply ships, making the Confederate government immediately attempt to evacuate Fort Sumter, which Major Anderson refused. The Confederates then bombarded the fort from artillery surrounding the harbor. The Union returned fire, but were outgunned and eventually agreed to evacuate. This became known as the first bloodshed and battle of the Civil War, and escalated conflicts on both sides. Finally, we look at the Battle of Gettysburg. On July 1st to 3rd, 1863, Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, General Lee fought a battle known as the Turning Point of the Civil War. After a year of defensive victories in the South, Lee wanted to win a battle in the North in the hopes of forcing a negotiated end to the fighting. Lee failed, and the Union took the lead. To conclude, I believe that the Battle of Appomattox Courthouse was the most important, as it was when General Robert E. Lee was forced to surrender, and influenced the rest of the southern states to do the same. Looking at all the technology invented and used during the Civil War, it's difficult to decide which piece of technology was the most important. Here, I've organized three different pieces of technology that I feel are closely tied for the spot. The first piece of technology that we will be looking at is the repeating rifle, specifically the Spencer repeating rifle used by Union Cavalry. The Spencer was the world's first military repeating rifle, and over 200,000 were manufactured in the United States between 1860 and 1869. The Spencer repeating rifle was adopted by the Union Army, especially by the cavalry, during the American Civil War, but did not replace the standard-issue muzzle-loading rifled muskets in use at the time. When the new repeater was signed up for adoption right after the Civil War broke out, the common view was that soldiers would waste ammunition by firing too rapidly with repeating rifles, so they denied a government contract for all such weapons, but eventually went back on their word and first adopted it into the U.S. Navy. The Confederates occasionally captured some of these weapons and ammunition, but as they were unable to manufacture the cartridges because of their copper shortage, their utilization of the weapons was limited. 
All in all, it was still a relatively new technology and wasn't used very commonly, but where it was used, it was used well. The next piece of technology to be analyzed is the telegraph. During the Civil War, the telegraph proved its value as a tactical, operational, and strategic communication system and an important contributor to Union victory. The Confederacy couldn't effectively use the South's much smaller telegraph network. Once the Civil War began, the government saw the true potential of the telegraph system. Within six months of the beginning of the war, the U.S. laid almost 300 miles of line, and by the war's end, they laid almost 15,000. The telegraph was even utilized by President Abraham Lincoln, who sat in a room looking at every single telegraph that came in and even using it to send troop movements to other generals, concluding the telegraph transformed how wars were fought and won from then on. Third and finally, we will be looking at railroad use, mostly by the Union. Railroads were effective, reliable, and faster modes of transportation, pushing out competitors like the steamship. They traveled faster, farther, and carried almost 50 times more freight than steamships could. They were more dependable than any before-seen mode of transportation, and not impacted by the weather. Their direct routes and dependable scheduling reduced the cost of transportation by nearly 95%, freeing time for other uses. The North had a massively greater advantage over the South in terms of its human, natural, and industrial resources, but it was the effective application of these resources such as the railroad which provided the greatest windfall for the Union. The Union Army's capitalization and strategic use of the railroad played a direct role in helping the U Union win the war. Railroads were symbols of industry and modernity during the Civil War. They showed clear progress, which could bind the North and the South together as one nation. They were also the lifeline of the Army. A general success or failure depended on the fresh supplies and soldiers delivered directly to the battlefield. To fully conclude, out of these three pieces of technology, comparing and contrasting them, the telegraph and the railroad both changed ways wars were fought, but the telegraph improved several other aspects as well, and therefore, I believe that it's the most important piece of technology used during the Civil War. In terms of documents, some of the most significant documents in U.S. history were made during the Civil War. Again, we will be trying to find the most important one of them all, starting off with the Emancipation Proclamation. The Emancipation Proclamation, or officially known as Proclamation 95, was a presidential proclamation and executive order issued by President Abraham Lincoln on January 1, 1865 during the Civil War. The proclamation changed the legal status of more than 3.5 million enslaved African Americans in the Confederate States from enslaved to free. As soon as a slave escaped the control of his or her owner, either by running away across Union lines or through the advance of federal troops, the person was permanently free. In addition, the proclamation allowed for the recruitment of former slaves into the paid service of the United States Armed Forces. However, to guarantee there would be no more slavery, the 13th Amendment was also passed after the war. 
The 13th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution states that neither slavery nor involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for crime whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction, completely outlawing slavery in the United States. It was introduced by James Mitchell Ashley and signed on December 6, 1865. The immediate idea of the amendment was to make the entire pre-war system of slavery in the U.S. illegal. The impact of the abolition of slavery was felt quickly. When the 13th Amendment became operational, the scope of Lincoln's 1863 Emancipation Proclamation was widened to include the entire nation. Although the majority of Kentucky's slaves had been emancipated, 65 to 100,000 people remained to be legally freed when the amendment went into effect on December 18th. In Delaware, where a large number of slaves had escaped during the war, 900 people became legally free. With slavery abolished, the fugitive slave cause remained in place but became largely useless. Unrelated to slavery, however, were the Pacific Railroad Acts. The Pacific Railroad Acts of 1862 were a series of acts of Congress that promoted the construction of a transcontinental railroad in the United States through authorizing the issuance of government bonds and the grants of land to railroad companies. In 1853, the War Department was authorized by Congress to conduct surveys of five different potential transcontinental routes from the Mississippi, ranging from north to south. It submitted a massive 12-volume report to Congress with the results in early 1855. However, no route or bill could be agreed upon and passed authorizing the government's financial support and land grants until the secession of the southern states in 1861 removed their opposition to a central route. The Pacific Railway Act, which became law on July 1, 1862, offered government incentives to assist, quote, men of talent, men of character, and men who are willing to invest in developing the nation's first transcontinental rail line. They would use the trains to their advantage, and they would end up being a major reason why the Union won the war. Though, I believe the Emancipation Proclamation was the most important document in the Civil War, beginning the end. There were many people who influenced and were involved in the Civil War. The question is, which one of these people were the most important overall? Born January 19, 1807, Robert E. Lee was a Confederate general who served during the Civil War and is the first person we will be looking at. General Lee was appointed overall commander of the Confederate States Army and led the Confederacy's most powerful army of Northern Virginia. Lee's objection to secession was ultimately outweighed by personal honor, questions about the legitimacy of a strife-ridden, quote, union that can only be maintained by swords and bayonets, and his duty to defend his native Virginia if attacked. He was asked while leaving Texas, if he intended to fight for the Confederacy or the Union, to which Lee replied, I shall never bear arms against the Union, but it may be necessary for me to carry a musket in the defense of my native state, Virginia, in which case I shall not prove recreant to my duty. He won many battles and lost many others, but it took quite some time when he was defeated. 
finally surrendering because he was worried about unnecessary destruction of the South. On the other hand, Ulysses S. Grant, born April 27, 1822, led the Union Army to victory during the Civil War and later became a U.S. President. On April 12, 1861, when Confederate troops attacked Fort Sumter in Charleston, South Carolina, the news came as a shock in Galena, and Grant shared his neighbor's concern about the war. On April 18th, Lincoln called for 75,000 volunteers. The next day, Grant attended a mass meeting to assess the crisis and encourage recruitment, and a speech by his father's attorney, John Aaron Rawlins, stirred Grant's patriotism. Ready to fight, Grant recalled with satisfaction, I never went into our leather store again. On April 18th, Grant chaired a second recruitment meeting, but turned down a captain's position as commander of the newly formed militia company, hoping his previous experiments would aid him to obtain a more senior military rank. For 13 months, Grant fought General Lee during the Overland Campaign and at Petersburg. After Lee fled Petersburg, Grant defeated him at Appomattox. On April 9, 1865, Lee officially surrendered to Grant. A week later, Lincoln was assassinated and replaced by President Andrew Johnson, who promoted Grant to General of the Army in 1866. Finally, we look at Abraham Lincoln, one of the most notable presidents in U.S. history. Abraham Lincoln, born February 12, 1809, served as the 16th President of the United States from 1861 until his assassination in 1865. Lincoln led the nation through the American Civil War and managed to preserve the Union by abolishing slavery, strengthening the federal government, and modernizing the, the American economy. His efforts to avoid conflict in the months between inauguration and the firing on Fort Sumter showed he adhered to his vow not to be the first to shed blood or fire first, but he also vowed not to surrender the forts. The only solution to these contradictory positions was for the Confederates to fire the first shot. They did just that. On January 1st, 1863, he issued the Emancipation Proclamation that declared the slaves within the Confederacy will be freed. In the end, Abraham Lincoln is, in my opinion, the most important person in the Civil War, being the President of the United States and many other positions. Thank you for listening.